success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. Oh my gosh, I'm excited to bring you this invincible one today. Oh my gosh, we have Tracy Bissett as Chief Financial Fitness Trainer of Bissett Financial Fitness. Tracy educates and empowers individuals, notably young adults and entrepreneurs to take control of and live their financial lives with confidence. As a former executive at TD Bank, one of Canada's big five banks, Tracy has worked with and in support of thousands of individuals and entrepreneurs to secure the financing they needed. This hands-on experience coupled with her formal financial education, Masters of Business Administration and Chartered Financial Analyst designation positioned Tracy uniquely to coach about all things money. Tracy is a full-time professor in the financial services faculty within the business school at Centennial College. She leads speaking engagements and is the executive producer and host of the Young Money Podcast all focused on increasing financial fitness. Tracy was named the Silver Award winner for the IFSE Institute Award for Financial Literacy Champion through the Wealth Professional Awards 2020 and Visit Financial Fitness Inc., a Worldwide Finance Awards 2020 winner. Welcome, Tracy. We are so excited to have you here on the She's Invincible podcast. Thank you so much. It's really my pleasure. And I'm so excited to be here today. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to have you. What else is there to talk about in 2022 other than money, right? We're all, we're all tired of talking about health. So it's what's next <laughs> money. <laughs> so I'm excited to jump in and just share with our listeners about money and just all of your expert zone of genius. You have so much here that you're doing that you've been doing over the years. I am just so excited. So let's do this. Let's jump in. Let's tell our listeners how in the world did you get where you are today and what makes you invincible? Well, I have loved money ever since I was a little kid. So around the age of six or seven, uh, I wanted to go to the corner store every single day um, during my summer vacation. So I went on Monday to my mom and I asked for some money and she gave me a quarter. And then I went back on Tuesday and she said, nope, that's it for the week. Uh, so with my best friend and I, we brainstormed some ways to start making some money. Uh, we had lemonade stands, garage sales. We had our own little neighborhood newspaper. We did all kinds of stuff. 
But I learned at a really young age that money allows you to do things and get things that you want. So I've been pretty unemotional about money my, my whole life. That really carried on through my schooling. I went to business school uh, and then I started working at a bank and uh, I thought I'd work there for one or two years. Fast forward 15, 16 years and and all of a sudden then um, started my own business. And so I've been really fortunate to be able to simplify things for people, make things that seem hard and, and maybe frustrating for people to understand seem simple. And through really hard work and resilience, I have accomplished all that I've done. And I would say that my ability to work hard and persevere and, and start each day fresh is really what makes me invincible. So you can have the worst day yesterday, but every day when you get up, you have the chance to make something new. You're starting from a clean slate. And I, I would say that's what makes me invincible. I love that. Oh, that's so great. I don't think anyone's ever said that yet. So <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to hashtag that one is yours. I love it. Yes. Awesome. So that's what we're here to talk about is money. And just from your bio, we know that you have seen money in different ways, right? From mm -hmm. you scamming with your friend, <laughs> figure out how you can get to the candy store every day. I love that story. That is so fun. And I think, you know, many of us have stories like that in our life maybe not all about money, but other things that we don't even tap into and go back to, to see like, how did we get where we are? Right. What, what drove that? What, what planted the seeds? And so this is so cool. So let's jump in. I would love for you to tell our listeners everything about money. Let's do it. Well, the first thing to keep in mind is that our views form when we're really young. So between five and seven years of age is when we form our views about money. So whatever was going on in your household is probably still impacting how you do things and how you approach things, unless you've actually taken some time to understand that and maybe change some of your, your ways of thinking. Um, I have the opportunity and pleasure of coaching business owners of all different um, Companies, sales are usually under 2 million. They're across all different industries. And some of the common themes that I see, uh, number one, there's a lack of accountability for the financial side of the business. And it kind of shows up in kind of one or two ways. Um, one, um, I'm just going to delegate to my accountant or my bookkeeper and they're going to take care of it. Or two, I'm going to put my head in the sand because I'm not good at that stuff. And I'm just going to try to sell stuff. And if I sell stuff, it's going to be okay. Um, so those listening, you've got to take accountability for the money side of the business. You can certainly have help to support you um, because you don't need to do it alone, um, but you certainly need to be accountable. And uh, some people might be thinking, well, I don't have any training. How could I, I really figure that out? And, and that's a really good question to raise. I find that when it comes to money and finances in your business or personally, people start to feel ashamed that they don't know how to handle it. And unfortunately, I, I know your school system is just as, as good as ours in terms of teaching people about money and that it's very poor. Um, so it's not that you would already have this prior knowledge, but so for, for some reason, people are ashamed that they don't know, even though there's no place where people would have taught them. So if you don't have the financial skills that you want, it's so critical that you step up to take this accountability, but that you actually look for help. I find business owners are much more willing to to look for sales support or operation support or even social media support rather than support around the financial side of their business. Uh, one of the other things I see pretty consistently across the board with my clients that I work with is I would say 85% of them are pricing unprofitably. 
And so what that means is they're not getting a steady paycheck. They're working their butts off and they're working really hard, but they're not making the ends meet. There's not enough cash flow. There's no profit and they're not getting paid. So that's a really um, discouraging place to be in until we kind of start working together and dig into it. They're not really sure what that culprit is. Wow. <laughs> yes. And I, you know, I know a lot of people and some are very wealthy and some are not. And, you know, uh, I, I hear people talk about that, about, uh, eating too, right? Like money is a disorder. Eating is a disorder. It's all things that were rooted back to when you were young mm -hmm. and there are different things that are, uh, like you said, like those views from when you were five to seven, that actually frightens me because when I think back to when I was five to seven, I know that it wasn't a good time in my family. And so I'm sure that, you know, that has an effect and an impact. And what does that mean? Does it mean you can't be successful in that area? No, Not it just means all. you have to work harder, right? And that's the thing. And so I know there's so many resources out there about money. What would you say right now if someone is like, I have messed it all up. I am, you know, the wheels are off the bus. The <laughs> bus is on fire. Like, where would you tell them to, to start? Where, what give, let's give them some practical things. If you are in Suckville right now, when it comes to money, where do you go? I would actually encourage people to work with a licensed insolvency trustee or a credit counselor to get an objective view of your situation and see if it's really as bad as you think. Because a lot of times without knowing the details, um, you can't really get a perspective on it. And um, certainly there's usually no cost to do that. You can get this independent assessment and then they can guide you in terms of where, where you should be moving ahead. Um, if you're not looking at your numbers, first step, start looking at your bank statements, start looking at your credit card statements, uh, read those bills that are coming in and actually just start to put the pieces together of the puzzle. And I can guarantee that when you see the full situation, it's usually not as scary as the one you've imagined in your mind. Uh, when you're able to make it into this big thing that really takes over your life, which then can, can permeate through and impact your relationships, your health, every part of your life. Mm, I love that. I love that. And you know, it's like when people are in a mess like that, they do, uh, they avoid it, right? They think mm -hmm. if they avoid it, they don't actually have to feel the feels. But like you just said, we're the, what we're creating is actually worse than what we already created that we thought we think we have and we don't. And I love that because that's very hopeful. I'm sure people want to hear that right now, especially uh, just coming from 2020 and then 2021, where people have, there's been a lot of loss, a lot of, you know, life, Challenges, a lot of yeah. jobs, careers, companies, businesses, money, all of the things. And so um, you did mention something about helping people with uh, pricing their program. So let's go there because I would love, love, love to uh, share with our listeners that are a lot of female entrepreneurs. And this is one of the biggest questions, right? Because first of all, as a female entrepreneur, as a female in general, right, we have this whole self-esteem problem, the self-confidence, the unworthiness, the imposter syndrome. Those things are all you know, money is almost like the measurement to that. If you're, if your yeah. account's not this size, then you're an imposter. How can you teach others? Like it all goes back to that thing. And I think women just suffer from that. Um, let's tell them like, okay, this is how you do it. This, this formula of, you know, whatever business you're in this, we can apply this. Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. So there's the the mental side, which you've just covered. And so we have to make sure we're not equating our net worth with our self-worth. So 
we're going to park that. And then I like to get down to business. Even if you're, you're listening now, grab a piece of paper and we want to start by adding up what are all the costs that go into actually delivering this when we make that sale? What are all the things that we have to pay for? And those are because we made the sale. And most importantly, as service-based um, professionals or providers, this applies to anybody, but I often see it with women in particular, but with service-based delivery, there's a, a forgetting to include an amount for your time um, and not you're thinking, well, it's my own business. I can work as much as I want. It doesn't really matter. I'm not going to charge for my time. But a really great baseline to be able to think about that is if I had to get someone else to deliver this for me, how much would I have to pay them? And that's kind of the minimum we should be putting in there for the, that cost of that time. From there, we're going to take a look at what's our overhead to run our business. And those are the things you've got to pay no matter whether you make sales or not. So you've got to probably pay for insurance. You've got to pay your cell phone. You've got to pay for all those subscriptions that you're using for all these different programs to make everything kind of work together. And we can start to see what percentage makes sense. And then we want to include a, a profit margin in there because we, we do want to get paid. And we want to make sure that we're reinvesting in our business um, so that we can grow it um, and actually uh, build for the future. Now, on the flip side, so that's kind of the bottom up way. So we could very quickly with a piece of paper and a pen, just jot down those prices and quickly add it up. We also want to scan the market and see what's going on. Not because I want you to peg your pricing off with someone else's, but I want you to look at your offer and, and actually think objectively about what's the value of that service and that transformation that your client's going to experience. And when you can look at some competitors out there, is what they're doing um, the same, less, more, and then position where you want to be. Ideally, if you can do all this before you start your business, the better, um, because then you can get to the right target client at the right price point. Um, but most people don't don't necessarily do this before they start. So it's there's nothing wrong with pivoting once you're once you're getting things going. So if you find that you're having trouble making sales, people keep telling you your your offers too expensive. Um, I think you need to look at who are you targeting. Um, if you know that there's value and you objectively know that, you're going to pivot and find a client base that's actually looking for that and sees the value that you're delivering. So don't just drop the price or don't just give up because you think nobody wants this. Make sure that you're targeting it to the right people because uh, you deserve to get paid. You deserve to be able to grow the profit in your business and make that bigger impact in the world. Oh, you said so many things. I'm writing as fast as I can. I don't want to forget a thing. So the one thing you said that I have not heard people say was check out what your competitors are doing, right? What are they charging? What would it cost you to have them do this job for you? That is gold right there. Because as we talked about, and wouldn't you agree that when it comes time to charge for your time, this is where that self-esteem and self-worth kicks yeah. in? A hundred percent total trigger, uh, totally low balling. Like you said, some people don't even want to charge at all for their time. Um, and so this is so huge. And I love this because you can't deny if this is what that market is charging, then this is what you're worth, whether you believe it or not. But I do believe, and I, I wonder if you agree with this, that the when you charge that number and you are able to attain it, doesn't that increase your belief in yourself, right? So 100%. 
Yeah, not that we want to um, have our self-worth be connected to our network, but there's something that happens in that confidence that rises when you charge somebody $10,000 and they write you a check and they don't even squirm about it. And I think that this, the, that last thing you said about your target market, that is the sauce, right? Because if if you're in line and you're and the people aren't buying, you're definitely in the wrong, you're in the wrong pool, right? You're, you've got to go find those people. And I love how you put that. Um, my question is uh, lowest, highest, medium, where would you tell people to be right now in 2022 as they're pricing? Uh, they're they're going to see the high, the lower end. They're going to see the higher end of their competitors. Where, where do you think the sweet spot is? Uh, I think that it also depends on what kind of model you want to have. So if you're going to do a lot of one-to-one work, you only have a finite amount of time. So you're going to have to be at the higher end to make make it worthwhile for your time. If you're going to be able to do some group programs, so leverage your offer where you teach many at the same time, you may be able to go to a little bit of a lower price point, but it's all in the value. So just because you're doing X amount of hours of delivery, that doesn't equate to however many years you have of experience that you've learned this. So it's about the value of the transformation that the people will receive. Um, certainly, if you're you're trying to stay on the low end, if you're trying to stay on the low end, I think in 2022 that um, people are still going to be challenged. There's still impacts coming from the pandemic. So their incomes may not be as strong as they might like. So you might see then some impact to your business. If you know the value's there and you can charge a higher amount, those people are going to be more insulated who are already earning more money um, because more successful businesses, a couple things that they do to keep themselves successful well they plan, but they also have cash reserves or access to credit. So they're going to be able to continue to buy um, in a stronger capacity. Oh, I love that. But my question is about that conversion from the one-to-one coaching. You brought up a really good point. You know, when you are only physically, you know, able to have so a certain amount of clients uh, in that model, how do you convert that to the group? So let's say, for example, uh, you're going to charge someone $15,000 for a year-long one-to-one coaching program. Now you're going to take that same program and you're going to make it a group program and you're going to take 15 people. How do you, what is the best way to convert that so that you're still getting what, you know, what your number is, uh, but that more to many? Yeah, I think you want to look at it through the eyes of the consumer. What are they getting? What's the value of the transformation going to be? I still think there can be lots of transformation that comes from a group program because it comes not just from the facilitator of the program and that expert. It comes from what happens within the other people in the group. But you cannot charge as much as you're going to charge for your one-to-one offer. So you're going to bring the price down a little bit. Um, You might try it on a beta, um, try it on a pilot um, and see how people are enjoying it, what they feel it's worth. Uh, let people have access to it. Um, so probably somewhere in the, the half to three quarters of your, your one-to-one price. But that's all under the caveat of um, your conversion rate. If your conversion rate is really high, so you're, you're getting, say, nine out of 10 people that you talk to, I would say your prices are too low um, because you actually want the conversion rate to be lower. And if your conversion rate's really high, you know that you've got a great offering and the prices is probably too low if so many people are taking it up. So you have the room to move your pricing up and then convert a few less people. I love it. So in your opinion, what should that conversion rate be that that says, yes, you are on track. This is, you've got the right thing going. 
Yeah, I would say anywhere between 30 and 50%. So you've got to have a robust pipeline and you've got to keep your sales activities going. Um, and then and if you get closer to 100% conversion, you know that uh, people are seeing more value and they think it's probably a deal um, from my experience that if people are throwing their money so quickly, um, you're either bang on in your target, which people are not usually, or you're probably offering a little bit of a deal and people recognize that. And especially if you find you're getting busier and busier, that's the way that you become a little bit more selective. You put the price up, um, maybe you're serving a few less people, but you're actually making more money by doing that. Yes, and working less, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so isn't that the entrepreneur's dream, right? Make more, work less, give more value, have a huge impact. It all works together. I love that. Anything else that you would love our listeners to know about money and about um, entrepreneurship and money? Before we move on, yeah. A couple of things. So number one, I'm a huge advocate of people making as much money as they can. Not because I want people to be greedy and to amass the wealth, but when you make money, you can then take care of yourself, your family, your friends. You have the ability to offer your services pro bono to groups who maybe could not afford it. You have the ability to create jobs if you want to. You can work less. You can uh, volunteer your time. You can donate money to charity. You can do all kinds of things. So I encourage everybody to make as much money as they can. And a lot of times with women, we say, I'm just going to have a small little business, just going to make a little bit of money. And when you keep it small, it actually is all on you. It's a little bit harder than when you're able to build it out a little bit bigger and have some support. So that's number one, make as much money as you can. Be accountable for your results. And don't be so hard on yourself. Financial fitness, it's a lifelong journey. We all make mistakes. We're all learning all of the time. And as I said at the beginning, uh, you probably have no formal training in finance and and business matters. You started your business because you're excellent at what you do. So cut yourself some slack. Don't give up, but find the help that you need and keep moving and taking those small imperfect actions every day. I love that. Oh, that's so awesome. Well, I would love to talk about your podcast and the program, the the show that you're doing right now. So tell us a little bit about the Young Money Podcast. So Young Money Podcast uh, with Tracy Bissett, it's the advice show for millionaires in the making. Uh, So it's targeted for 18 to 30-ish in age group, but we've got tons of parents and grandparents and others who listen. And the goal of the show is really to give practical tips, insights, um, share stories from not only myself, but other experts and the listeners love to hear from themselves. So they love to hear things that went well, but they especially love to hear things where there was some missteps involved so they can learn what not to do. And I try to make it fun. We keep our episodes usually under 30 minutes. We're um, out weekly. We've been going strong for four years. Uh, We're just about 230 episodes out there and we're listened to in over 40 countries. And so I can make pretty much anything linked to money. I love to do episodes around the Super Bowl about what we can learn about financial fitness from the musical guests because I'm a huge music fan. Um, Lots of learning on my part as well. I've been learning over the years more about cryptocurrencies, more about uh, non-fungible tokens, those NFTs. and, And just really, it keeps me learning. Um, that's the thing about um, finance and money. Things are always evolving. And so um, it's also a good check-in. I have a lot of former colleagues from TD Bank who tend to listen and they, they send me notes and they say, you know what, I learned something today, Tracy. And if you can learn one thing that's going to put you in good stead and help you be more financially fit, um, I feel like we've done our job. 
Oh, that's amazing. I love it. And then you also are doing a uh, biz money talk on LinkedIn. So tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. So um, typically it's an interview based show. It's live on LinkedIn. We've just moved for 2022 to Mondays at 3.30. You can catch us live. We also stream over to Facebook. And so we're bringing experts who can help other business owners with aspects that they need to work on in their business, missteps they may be seeing and and to give them tools and and really actionable tips. Um, One of our most recent ones, we featured a coach and she was talking about how Um, much your personal branding plays into your marketing and how to get more visible on social media. Because I know with so many entrepreneurs, uh, there's a reluctance to just uh, put yourself out there and and get as visible as you need to be. And so um, tips to get people started. So we've got lots of uh, action-packed episodes there with interviews that I'm going to start doing a few more solo uh, type shows where we can dig into things like profit leaks, how to do pricing, um, questions to ask your accountant and your bookkeeper when you're not sure what to do. So a few more things from there so I can share some of these nuggets that um, people can put into practice right away. You don't need to put it on a to-do list and, and pull it out a couple of months later. You can actually just incorporate it into your business now. Oh, that's amazing. And you said Monday at 3.30 on LinkedIn Eastern. and it, Absolutely. Eastern. That's what I was going to say. What time zone, right? We're in so many different ones. Well, Tracy, this has been amazing. And to our listeners, just click the show notes as you are listening. And this will take you directly to Tracy and all of the places that you can find her and be able to uh, connect with her and learn more about money. Oh my gosh, what a great support you are to the world. And a huge, you talk about transformation, right? And what better transformation for everyone in the world this year is to be able to get their money in order and to have a strong financial uh, portfolio, right? So that they don't, they'll be ready for whatever comes next. Because surely we weren't really ready, most of us, for for what we just saw. So, oh my gosh, thank you so much. And, you know, on the She's Invincible podcast, we promise our listeners that we're going to bring them fierce female entrepreneurs, and we're going to share their expert zone of genius. And oh my gosh, you did that so well today. And I thank you so much for that. But we also promised them we are going to pull back the curtain because the, <laughs> this Tracy that they see today, who's got it going on with money was not the same one, right? There's been many things and many obstacles along your journey. Uh, and you know, the thing about women is that they're always comparing themselves. So right now they're thinking you're so lucky, right? Cause you have more money than <laughs> they do. <laughs> Right. And the the truth is, it has nothing to do with luck and everything to do with learning and practicing and good habits and smart decisions. Right. We know that. And overcoming obstacles and never giving up. They have no idea what you've had to endure through this journey to the success that you are enjoying today. So we're about to tell them right now. Are you ready? I am. Okay. All right. So first we're going to start with the good. I always want to hear the good news first. Just let me down slowly. So let's share, (laughs) let's share a story with our listeners about the good part or the great part of your journey. Absolutely. So when I was approaching my 30th birthday, um, I was working at TD Bank in um, commercial lending and they came to me with an opportunity. I was living in Toronto, Ontario. I'm in Canada at the time. And they asked me to move out west um, to the province of Alberta to live in Calgary. And I had never actually been west of the province I lived in. I grew up on the east coast of Canada. And so I had never been there. And they said to me, 
Tracy, a lot of people want to just go on a trip to visit there. So you can only go and interview with them if you're going to be um, serious about this job. And I said, okay, I'll go there and I'll meet them and I'll, I'll see if this is, is a good fit for me. So I, I went there. I didn't know any people in the city. I didn't know any people in this office. And I had a really great time getting to know all of the people other than the admin assistant, I was the only female in the department. Um, even including me at age 30, our average age was 50.1. <laughs> so a lot older a gentleman there, and it could have gone so wrong. Um, but I made the leap. They took me under their wing. I got to know so much more about Canada, um, got to see so many different places of the country, and really worked with a fantastic group of individuals who shared all of their experience with me and um, learned to ski, got to travel. Uh, so it was a really great experience and really took me out of my comfort zone. Um, everyone that I knew was in a different time zone. And so juggling phone calls and, and being homesick and all that kind of stuff was challenging, but one of the best experiences I've, I've ever had. Wow. And at 30, right? So mm -hmm. I, I'm sure you love mentoring these 18 to 30 year olds because you know what's possible, right? As they're like entering this world, you're like, I already know what you can do, right? And, and how things can change and what the plot twist looks like and how sweet that was to be able to do that at such a young age. Do you think that that really played into the rest of your story? Uh, you know, that you were young and you you did step out of your comfort zone and you did dare to, to step into those bigger shoes and take those risks and then also be exposed to all of that at that age? Absolutely. And certainly by, it was brave to move there. It was um, on my part, building those relationships was really critical because those guys could have been like, we're not helping her. <laughs> we're not going <laughs> to teach her. Uh, cause, and, and also in this job, it was my job to now approve loans. It was the first time I had this level of authority. I was nervous. I was dealing with some industries I'd never even seen before. And then because of the relationships I built and the job that I did, they actually created a, a brand new executive position for me while I was there. Um, so really paid off and, and really support, um, so thankful and grateful for the the mentorship and the support and all of those friendships. Um, and I, you see what's possible when you, you go and you take those leaps outside your, your comfort zone, you don't know what's going to happen. Um, but when you're putting your best intentions and you're working hard, all that moves forward, then, then usually good things happen. Oh, I agree. And you know, wouldn't you agree that once you stretch, you never go back, right? You can yeah. never return to that other person that you were before that. You just keep stretching more. And I love that. All right. Well, that was really fun. <laughs> but now we have to tell them a story about the band. So let's give them a story that wasn't so fun um, on this journey that you had to overcome. All right. So still working at the bank. Fast forward. So five years later, I moved back to Toronto. Um, worked a few more years and moved into uh, enterprise risk management groups. So was supporting the bank and supporting the senior directors. As does happen in financial services, there was restructuring and my seat was taken away from the table. Um, so wasn't really expecting that. Uh, at this point now, I'd been there 15, 16 years almost and um, wasn't thinking about doing something else. And, and so they, they told me immediately I was gone from the organization because that's the way it works. And um, a silver lining to it, though, because I was working a lot of hours between 60 and 80 a week in the office. I was very tired. Um, the work we were doing demanded perfection. I received a really fair severance. So uh, that that was good. And that, that's when my company was formed. I took some time and packaged up all the things I like to do. 
Oh my gosh. So that's amazing because it was, you were being prepared for such a time as this, right? So you mm -hmm. learned what you needed to learn. You had the time to actually put it together and execute it. And, and then here you are. Right. And so, yeah. And you know, when you're going through that, you're not looking at it as the gift you're looking at it as like, <laughs> why me? Right. It's never a gift. It's always, it's the villain in the story, not the hero. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, but look at you now and you know, do you think that, uh, if that had not happened, would you have your own business or do you think you'd still be there? I probably would be still there, I imagine, because once you get to an executive level, the money is very enticing. And so you kind of rationalize it against the things you don't like. And I was really entrepreneurial in my youth and even in um, junior high and high school. So I always in anticipated I'd get to my own business, but this was really the impetus to do it. And having a strong severance gave me that financial confidence to do it because I knew I could do it on my own time frame. Um, and, um, so at this point I view it as a blessing and the moment it occurred, I wasn't thinking of it as a gift, as you said. <laughs> yeah. Let me take the bow off of this puppy, right? <laughs> that was not your first thought. I'm sure. Well, but look at how the gifts come and they, you know, they, we, we have this dream, but it comes, it shows up in different form, right? It never looks the way we plan it. Oh, well, that is, that's really cool that you were able to turn that into such a great story. And so, but now we have to talk about the ugly. So every, every successful person has ugly. There's Absolutely. no success <laughs> without the ugly, right? No success at all. So yeah, tell us about your ugly. So um, we talked about my podcast, Young Money with Tracy Bissett, advice show for millionaires in the making. Um, so it was launched in December, 2017. So we've been going strong around... This was actually at the time of the pandemic. So I, my coach helped me get with the producer. And so that was fine. And being new to podcasting, especially in 2017, there wasn't tons of courses around. Everyone didn't seem to know about podcasting. So was really reliant on the producer to set everything up and get things linked up with all the streaming platforms like Apple and Spotify and all of those venues. And in March, it must have been May 2020, I noticed that we couldn't find the podcast anymore on Apple. And so it was going there and I could see it because I was a subscriber, but strangers couldn't find it. And a couple months prior to that, my coach had said, we're going to part ways with this producer. We think you should too, because uh, we had some challenges. And so unbeknownst to me in March, 2020, right when the pandemic is hitting, my producer has disconnected and canceled my account with Apple and my podcast had disappeared. And so that's after a good 18 months of two years of the podcast. And now the the history of it, the reviews, the downloads, everything is really being impacted and um, just a horrible experience and really shows the bad side of human behavior because the person refused to contact us when we reached out to them. They bore no responsibility. We tried to contact some of the people they worked with who had supported us as well, and they were just feigning ignorance around it. And that's just a really despicable thing when you start interviewing new producers and they let you in on the secret that, you know what, whenever you work with a client, you should have them set up their own accounts. And that had not happened when I started with them, but I didn't know better because I didn't know anything about podcasting. And so by sheer, again, perseverance and me begging Apple multiple times, they reinstated the show and let me reactivate without actually um, losing all of that history. Um, but just... Uh, 
uh, public service announcement for anybody who's dealing with someone who's doing something on behalf for your company. Make sure you're the one who owns the accounts, you own the logins, you set them up, um, or this uh, really ugly story and ugly side of human behavior could be shown because that person was just really bitter about being um, disconnected from our contract. <laughs> oh my gosh. Were you able to get those previous episodes back on? So you yes. did have access to all of that in the end. Oh, yes. Yeah, so we amazing. had access to the files. Uh, it's just that they had disconnected our account with Apple. So Apple uh, fortunately just reinstated it and gave me the ownership of it. Um, um, but it, they, they weren't going to do that. It took many, many tries on my, my part. And, and so it took about a month to get it back on. And I think they just felt so terrible at Apple that this had happened to me and that person had been so unscrupulous. So, um, public service announcement for anything in your life, your personal life, your business, make sure you own all your accounts and you control the access and you let other people have access, but you don't let other people set stuff up for you. That's great advice. As a podcaster myself and just launching a podcast school this year, uh, I can tell you that that would be the most devastating thing ever. So uh, that, uh, and you made it. Look at you now, right? Now you not only have a podcast, but you're doing live shows on LinkedIn and, and helping people all over the world. See, no one can stop you because you're invincible, <laughs> right? That's how this works. This is what invincible is all about. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been such a fun conversation to our listeners. Just jump on there, click those links, find Tracy and sign Sign up for something or hop onto LinkedIn, follow her and get into those 3.30 classes on Monday. Those are amazing uh, opportunities for you to learn and get a handle on your money uh, and all the things. So Tracy, thank you so much for being with us, for sharing all of this. Of course, the good, the bad, the ugly, your expert zone of genius. Before we say goodbye, I would love for you to finish this sentence for me the world would be a better place if more people knew blank. How to manage their money and uh, give it, spread it around the world because it's not about managing your money alone, uh, but being able to spread it and pay it forward. I love that. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. And to our listeners, I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but if you are face down on the ground right now, get back up, girl, get back up. You can do it. You really can do it. Tell them, Tracy. Absolutely. There's always a, a new opportunity. You only need to put one foot in front of the other and take those small imperfect actions. And that's how, how things get built. It's not just one swift movement. Ah, oh, that's perfect. Get back up, girl. Get back up. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review, and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.